Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sydney Coach Replay Show. Today, we have back one of our premier coaches in our Sydney virtual coaching team, Alice Schull. She's been doing a series on engagement with us. Um, at the start of every month. So here we are. It's a new month. It's a new episode in the engagement series. If you haven't tuned in before, let me tell you a little bit about our guest. Alice, in addition to coaching for Sydney, has, she also mentors principals on site in Massachusetts. She's a coach's mentor in training. Uh, or she coaches mentors in training, excuse me, during their year-long internship to become nationally certified men mentors. She was a teacher and a principal for 42 years. And in addition to all of her passion in education, she loves to travel, which is a little limited right now. <laughs> in another life. Yeah, yeah, right. In another life, way back in the day. Um, yeah, at least a month ago. Yeah, that's right. Uh, especially ski. So in, in addition right. to traveling, you, you like to hit the slopes. So Mm -hmm. Welcome, Allison. It's like the quarantine edition of our uh, engagement series. Everyone's doing a quarantine edition. So welcome. Right. Thank you very much. I am yeah. glad to be here and uh, talk with you today. Uh, looking forward to the discussion. Yeah, I, I am too. I know we, we chatted a little bit about this before we started our recording and we were finally, we're like, okay, we just need, we need to put this all on air because we were doing, we had some great conversations. So we'll, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll duplicate that a little bit for our viewers today. Today we're talking, we're focusing on um, wait time or think time, um, mm -hmm. whichever you'd like to call it, uh, in our instruction and in our, our delivery of instruction. So Tell us a little bit, Alice, uh, what is wait time specifically for those who don't know and why is it important? Okay, I will. And I'm going to start off with the um, fact that we are living in a new normal in terms of how we're dealing with remote learning. And this wait time that we talk about, uh, usually uh, when we're working with classes in real time is also incredibly uh, effective um, when we're working with classes remotely. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of another layer to think about as we talk about what it is and how we can use it and how, how it can be used in our remote uh, learning situations as well. Right. So wait time really, <laughs> wait time is the time between the time the teacher asks the question and the time the student answers it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it sounds, it's another, I use this word, but it is a buzzword. We, we've all heard of it. We all know about it, but um, being intentional about using it and breaking it down and thinking about it is an entirely different situation. Right. And so um, the um, interesting thing, if we were to look at a lot, observe in a lot of classrooms or even look at video of classrooms, is that the amount of time between the question the teacher asks and the answer of a student is generally less than a second. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is the teacher is moving along very quickly. And um, if we wanna think about what ways we can use wait time in relationship to our questioning and what that might do to enhance uh, the learning and engagement, um, 
we can really become more intentional about how to use it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, gosh, a second. That's, that's crazy to think about for those, those kids who need a little bit more processing or, you know, for me, I, I had chronic ear infections when I was younger and I now, and did when I was in school, have a little bit of a, a hearing deficit on my right side. And so sometimes processing, you know, the auditory takes me a second. It takes a second Mm -hmm. for it to register. And so my hand would not even be going up. I wouldn't even be offering anything in in a second, but you're right. That's absolutely what we see. So tell us a little bit about, and and we see implications for this. I know we talked briefly about wait time with cold call um, in our last episode, but what is the research reported in regards to effective wait time um, and and what that does? um, I'll be happy to. First of all, um, just a little more of a definition is that the questions, uh, when we think about using wait time, you know, you might think about a very long time, like minutes, and it sometimes feels like minutes to the teacher because there's this ask question, but it's actually... Um, Research shows that for a recall question, a simple recall question, um, the teacher should wait one, two, three months. For uh, a computation type question or something similar to that, four to six seconds. And for insight questions, six to 10, and I'll also talk about that a little later, Mm -hmm. uh, what Doug Lamont says about a special kind of thinking even longer than that and waiting uh, a little bit longer than that in terms of numbers of seconds. So the research, getting back to that, is research that comes out of the 70s by a woman whose name is Mary Budrow. And um, she did a lot of research on wait time and she, along with a lot of people who followed her, did even more research. And they've all come up with very similar results. And here they are, here's the results. Um, First of all, if wait time is used intentionally and appropriately, um, the number of students um, responding increased. Okay, the number of students not responding, of course, decreased. The um, number of students using evidence for inferences increased. The number of student interactions, if it's an interactive sort of uh, lesson, increased. Um, Test scores evidently improved, achievement Mm -hmm. test scores. And here's, here's, what I think is the best part of all is that um, students who, who are identified as not as able, let's say they are, have a learning disability or some sort of issue which, um, as you were expressing, means that it takes you a little longer to process, mm-hmm. those folks increased in terms of the amount of participation. So in a sense, we, if we go back to the um, tier model and tier um, two and tier three, it's like an automatic scaffolding right. for kids who are in tier two and tier three. Right. Well, and, and 
one of the the other pieces, I, and I can't remember if you said this or not, but the questions increase. And so when I used to train on this and on and talk about yes. wait time, that was one of the things I would always, when I was working with the the new teacher candidates, would would we would ask why would it be important for student questions to increase? Why is that a pro? And really, if your students are asking questions, they're engaged, they are thinking, they are really, you know, that's going to help give you more formative data to be able mm -hmm. to identify where there might be holes in the, that mm -hmm. understanding. So you can be more responsive. So, you know, uh, that's, that's one of my, my favorites as well, in addition to our students who are, are struggling and typically need the tier two, tier three, we also have more questions coming out, which mm -hmm. if they're asking questions, it's probably also something that one of my students who maybe is less vocal might have, might be thinking as well. So we want those student questions. Exactly. Yeah. And actually that's a perfect segue into a quote that I wanted to share by another researcher, uh, Melissa Kelly. Mm -hmm. And it says, the um, wait, wait time, she feels, gave students a chance to take more risks. And mm -hmm. that asking of questions and all the things that you're describing is exactly what would take place. And she wrote, exploration and inquiry requires students to put together ideas in new ways, to try out new thoughts, to take risks. For that, they not only need time, but they also need to have a feeling of being safe. My favorite, psychological safety. And I talk we, about it all the time. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. If we spin back to mm -hmm. a previous conversation that we had mm -hmm. and how in cold call, for example, the teacher ensured the students that they would feel very safe, even though she was using a cold call technique. Mm -hmm. It makes so much difference yeah. in the quality of the responses and the actual engagement. And just to piggyback onto that, um, again, teachers are always in a hurry, which is why the quick questioning a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But what they come to realize, and what I've read in the research as well, is that if they use wait time, they accomplish more than if they didn't right. when they thought they were covering a lot of material quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I have an, ex an example of that. And, and this was what, and I know we're gonna talk about ass assessing engagement in the next episode, but one of the, the things that I did with the teacher, she had, she had pretty, she had really good questioning. Um, and she had students who were very compliant. They, they were engaged, probably more on the compliance side of engagement than authentic engagement. But one of the things that we worked on together was wait time because mm -hmm. she would ask a question and then within seconds, she would not necessarily call on a student. Sometimes she did a little bit of a cold call, but without the, the useful wait time within that, um, she would then rephrase the question a few seconds later. And then another way to rephrase because she could see, okay, she interpreted the quiet, the lack of res immediate response as they don't understand my question. Let me ask it a different way. Let me ask it a different way. And so one of the things that I did was tallied up the, I would write the, the essential question. Thank goodness we had video for this. So we would be able to pause it, write down the question. How long did she wait before she asked a new question and a new question? And, and usually she'd spend a good 30 seconds to a minute 
going through a series of questions. So when we tried instilling more wait time, what happened, what she found was she didn't have to ask as many follow-up questions when mm -hmm. she just waited a few seconds longer, just seconds, right? It so it changes the yeah, yeah. So we had we she she really struggled with that. So we had like a tapping strategy where she would just kind of tap her pen three slow times to make uh -huh. herself wait because it, she was like, I just it's just automatic. I, she tried it the first day and it didn't work really well. So so what's something physical that you can do to eat that time up? That's a great and idea. And so, uh, so that's what she kind of did and we recorded and again, it didn't solve all the problems and it wasn't completely perfect, but it was tremendous what we saw. More students were able to answer the first question she asked because it, again, it wasn't that she wasn't asking good questions. It was that students weren't having the time to process. So that's, that's right. Yeah. And actually, um, Doug Lamov, and mm -hmm. a few moves and it's kind of similar to what you're talking about because in a sense he he's given us a few ideas about what to use for people who who have a really tough time waiting i you do know? i don't know i don't know what to do with silence so right. so this yeah. is also yeah. something we've been we've been talking yeah. a lot about and i too and I'll give you an example of that in a minute. Well, what he actually says, and I kind—I mostly agree with this. Mm -hmm. um, one of the moves is called narrate hands. Okay. Okay. So as he's using wait time, he or she is using wait time. Now this would be in a in an actual real time classroom. Mm -hmm. I think. Well, maybe we could figure out a way to do this remotely, but it's, oh, I see two hands. There's some clips that Doug Lamont had of this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I see two hands up. I see four hands up. I see seven hands up. Mm -hmm. I see 10 hands up. Okay, so that's one. That's called narrate hands. Okay, another one is give real think time. Okay. And in this case, he will not keep talking, but he will prep he or she will preface it. I must have seen a clip that was a he because I keep saying he um, <laughs> in this one. We'll preface it with a, um, this is a really tough question. It requires a lot of insight and understanding of the question. I'm gonna give you 30 seconds mm -hmm. to think about this. That's what I told you I was gonna to refer to. And I like that because he's framing it. Now right. then he might have to do something or she do something like you were saying, you know, behind, behind right. your back. Right. And, set um, an actual do. timer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or set a timer or something, but, mm -hmm. but that's a, I like that technique. That one that's, like. that's the one that I got from one of my colleagues, TJ. He said, you know, one of the things that I do is I'll say, um, I'm going to give you a minute to process this and I'd love to hear your thoughts. And so just by saying, I'm going to give you a minute to do this, that's framing it to both the other person on the call, as well as for yourself. And I was like, you know, I think if I said that mentally, that would give me a, a core, you've actually got to give them a minute. So, um, so yeah. I think that, yeah, I love that strategy and I'm yeah. so glad that's one that you connect with. So I'm trying yeah, that this that's, week. That's, that's one of my favorites. Now there's another one, but this one, the teacher does some of the talking, which is, I have a kind of a mixed, uh, 
opinion okay. about this. But I think what Doug is saying is, you know, sometimes you've got to give teachers, as you said, some tools to use in order to begin to implement the idea of wait time and to actually uh, develop a mindset around it. Mm -hmm. So another tool he said was, um, what did he call it? Prompt thinking skills. Um, so the class, uh, he asks, he or she asks a question and then the class, um, he, he or she is using some wait time, but the teacher might say, oh, I see that uh, Corey went back into her, she's back in her notes looking mm -hmm. for some good evidence about the question I'm asking. Mm -hmm. I see that such and such is doing thus and so. You know, so some of that kind of teacher talk, which guides students to um, uh, figure out how to use their think, think time, right, excuse me, right. think Those time resources. effectively, but at the same time keeps the teacher from trying to get at the answer too quickly or the the response too quickly. Um, I have mixed feelings about it because sometimes I think that teacher talk really interferes mm -hmm. with thinking. Mm -hmm. So that one needs to be aware of that and start to become more comfortable with the idea of what I call the pregnant pause, mm -hmm. which is silence. Right. Right. I had a, I had a co-presenter who in my, in my live presentation, she would, she was great at this, the, the minding, the silence is what she called it, uh, Lisa Plemons. And so when we were co-presenting together, minding the silence. So she would just quietly walk up to me when we were co-presenting and, you know, just cause she could tell, like, I'm like itching to either, either do a little bit of the teacher prompting. I did a little, I've done that. Some of that. I, again, I think when I watch others do it, I'm like, Oh, I think that's distracting, but it is something that I will do when I'm struggling with the silence, but mind the silence or the pregnant pause, she would come up to me and just say, mind the yeah. silence. And, and I'd be like, okay. And that would, yeah, that like would let me stop yeah. itching for just a couple of seconds longer before mm -hmm. I was ready to, to move forward. So Yes, like really learning to become become comfortable with that, which is why we struggle. Most of us who struggle with wait time, that's what we're struggling with is the silence. You know, and another te another technique is actually um, one of your favorite people, Anita Archer. Yes, did in a video which really had to do with the active participation, and Mindy Palen. Pal Polanski mm -hmm. in one of your coach replays mentioned this particular technique um, and Anita Archer does do a lot of framing and discussing and mm -hmm. moving you know around the classroom and so forth and there are so many pieces that you can pick up that are very powerful mm -hmm. uh, but what this particular piece was her simply I have to get back a bit. Um, teaching the children, wait. Right. She puts her hands up in the air mm -hmm. in the video. Think. Yeah. And then at a certain so okay, she's stopped silence. The kids have stopped silence, and then she goes, and then they respond. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she asks a question. Wait. Think. Anything that helps that. Right. is a way to get at the um, 
wait time piece, which is right. just very important for all the reasons that we've already talked yeah, about. Yeah, that physical prompt, whatever right. it might be. Whatever works. To help your students know, because sometimes even one of the distractors of wait time is all the kids going, ooh, 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 with their hands up, right? And then I, I can't think with all of that noise or, you know, so-and-so they're going to be called on. I'm not even going to raise my hand. So that's another one of the strategies with that, with Anita Archer that I liked was it's kind of hold your hands, hold your, you know, hold your, your, your symbols that you're ready. Just think, just sit there, don't move. And now we either do a choral response right. or we can raise our hand or we turn and talk to our partner, but it definitely helps you honor the think time. So exactly. Mm -hmm. And, and actually it was in this clip that earlier she said, I'm going to tell you that you are not going to raise your hands. Yes. Unless I tell you to raise your hand. It was so, she so had yeah. So raise your hand. Her. Yes. I, oh you, gosh, she's, you, you, she's my favorite. You just, you know, express perfectly. Yeah. Perfectly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all of these kinds of things are effective and, mm -hmm. um, we need to use what helps us make it happen. And here's mm -hmm. where I would like to roll back to the remote learning piece right? and share a bit of an ex a personal experience with you, if you, if I may, or with you all, which is that I, um, facilitate a, uh, chat among all the administrators in my cohort who are mentors in training for the principal certification program. Mm -hmm. So I explain to them, and this is all virtual, and this is where we can hook back into the remote learning piece uh, for teachers with students, because I know many people I've talked to now are actually using Zoom with their classes. Mm -hmm. So. So we, you know, we use Zoom and I explained to them and it was, <laughs> it was just about a month ago that I reiterated this um, because I had been planning this session. And so I wanted to refresh on all the um, pieces of wait time, which I, wait time, think time, which by the way, I think is a really good thing to do because we know about it. We know all about it, but it needs to be it, we need to refresh ourselves so that we can be it. very intentional about it. Mm -hmm. So I explained this to my group. You know, I told them what I was working on for the coach replay. And I said, so it sens resensitized me to the importance of wait time and how it works. And um, they actually, um, I, when I explained, I said, I always, I uh, often during our chats will say to you, I'm going to use wait time. And I'm looking at all the little boxes on the screen and then there's the pregnant pause and I'm like and then I'll do something which I'm not supposed to do like say I'm using wait time <laughs> right but the other side of it is I did really explain it to them in the wise and then they started actually commenting on what their experience had been with it with teachers and among themselves and staff mm -hmm. meetings and they really got into the essence of wait time. Mm -hmm. And um, they, I have to say, it was probably the best wait, wait time I had ever done because I brought them so closely, tightly into the loop of what it really was, deepened the why it's so important 
that when the conversation started, I just asked a question and they interacted. Mm -hmm. They did all the kinds of things that one would want to have happen. Right, right. The goal of using it effectively. Well, and I think that reinforces the power of when we share as teachers in our classroom or as coaches or as instructional leaders with those who were, we are uh, facilitating the learning of or the conversation with why we're doing what we're doing, right? Um, and I would tell my students that as well. Like I would, I shared, I, so I'm a former psychology major. And so I loved bringing in neuroscience around learning to my students, especially my students with disabilities, to help them partly self-advocate, but for, for them to know why it was important that we kept yeah. our hands down. Why I asked you to keep your hands on your desk until I, you know, say go, or I give you the signal to raise your hand or turn with your partner, because we want to make sure that we're using, honoring our think time. Um, and, and I think that really helps them then to just say, you know, here's what I'm, and that's what I love about Anita Archer is she explains that to the individuals in her videos for the teacher's sake and for the student's sake. So, um, yeah, so I think when we think about online learning, if you're in a live call, if you're facilitating like a right. Zoom meeting or Google Hangouts, whatever that live thing might be, um, you know, I always give the option to unmute the microphone and let people share their responses. But I also, especially in larger groups, make sure mm -hmm. that everyone knows how to use that chat feature um, so they can respond right. via chat. Yeah. They can write it down. And then that maybe I'll say, um, you know, I'm going to wait about 30 seconds and then I'm going to repost this question in the chat. And I'd like everyone to take a moment to respond. And then we're going to pick one or two of those to talk about That's with really everybody, good. right? So you can see everybody's active participation because they're all putting a response in the chat, but the, and it's still honoring some time for them to process, reinforcing for those who maybe don't quite like get it. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's that writing piece. Um, it had making sure students have their cameras on if they have the camera capability so that they can, so you can see engage when that wait time, you know, mm -hmm. is enough for them. So you can see the thinking, um, it's, it would be fun to have, you know, I know elementary teachers who have like a, a thinking hat thing or, or something where students kind of have a visual symbol for the thinking. Yeah. They can all show that on video. So, sure. um, so that's, that's definitely one way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. There's, um, there's so many ways. And, and actually this is a <laughs> kind of perfect segue into what's going to be our last um, episode, mm -hmm. which is that once we do all of this and the students mm -hmm. know what our intention is, and this is remotely mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. well as in real time in a classroom is we can ask them, we can create a form a la Jim Knight, which we'll talk about next time, mm -hmm. but create a form that asks them what their, how they felt about it, mm -hmm. what could be improved about it, what did work for them, what didn't work for them. And right. that informs the teacher and also um, um, validates uh, student opinion Mm -hmm. uh, and honor student opinion about what's going on in the classroom. And especially where we're doing these things remotely. And yeah. we have teachers who are 
oh, I remember the first time I did a Zoom chat a few years ago, I was like very nervous. Yeah. And so this way it would, it would be great for teachers to be able to get some, some feedback as they navigate these mm -hmm. new uncharted waters. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about our teachers. I was telling my, my, um, children's teachers, as I've talked with them, you know, it took me a good solid year to, with blended learning. And it wasn't a thing in our district. So it was one of those things I was kind of going rogue with my classroom and doing some mm -hmm. flipped and, and blended learning wow. opportunities. But it took me a year um, to just on my own with, with no one else really helping out, figure out the right resources, the right way to display that and deliver the online part of instruction. And Teachers are, do, I mean, my district did it in two days. So, um, mm -hmm. so it's a lot, it's a lot. And, yeah. and I'd also like to say um, that in addition to the live, a lot of teachers aren't yet doing lives. Um, maybe they're getting in a Zoom meeting by themselves or screencastifying recording. Um, and my son's math teachers and science teachers have done a great job of this. So they're pre-recording videos for students to watch. And then, so keeping them short and focused using yes. tools like Edpuzzle to pause or creating small segments, like watch video one, then answer this question, watch video two, then answer this question. You can kind of format it that way in your LMS or Schoology, Canvas, whatever you're using and still implement some some of these strategies of that wait time or that that critical pause and think time to then Ooh, respond great. so um yeah lots of ways to do that it does not go out the window because we're remote learning so right and actually um Sydney, those who are using Sydney can video themselves yes. that way yeah make their videos for students right mm -hmm. yeah and we have some schools who are using huddles now with students as their their classroom and and yeah. I do this with my um, with my cohorts especially my PLCs when I'm running them I'll do the whole you know 15 minute video and then in the timestamp comment I'll say you know pause and reflect and so it'll kind of give them that so they can physically go and pause it and and write a response so it's kind of self-made wait time but it's telling them where I'd like for them to pause within that um, so that's something that you can do as well with the timestamp comments, just like an Ed puzzle where it creates those breaks within the video. You can use the timestamp comments to do that as well. So a lot of this, we're always looking for the silver linings coming out mm -hmm. of this mm -hmm. uh, very challenging time that we're living in right now, is that some of these pieces we might want to keep. Yeah. Like oh, you yeah. said, we're doing it and now a lot more people are doing it for the first time mm -hmm. and to blend learning in a way that's really effective and meets the needs of so many students yeah uh, are keepers so yeah those are good things that might come out of this I you know that's time. that is the thing I am yeah. hoping for it's the only thing I've been excited about through this all of this uh, pandemic that we've been going through is because I'm a big proponent of blended learning and uh, you know, it's going to be uncomfortable and it's not going to be perfect at all. And it's not going to be everything you thought it would be, but like my kids are loving being able to do some learning from home and doing some of these activities online and self-paced and 
they're loving that choice in the pace and place uh, of their learning. And I think students are going to enjoy some of these elements. Teachers are going to find that students are more successful than they thought they might have been, as well as they might enjoy it a little bit more. So I, I completely agree, and I'm very hopeful for that as well. Some of these elements I do think will remain into the next school year. Um, or hopefully the end of this year if we get to come back and be with our students again. So, um, and, and as a coach, you know, everybody's online learning in addition to facilitating that. So the best thing you can do is to, right. we are. to figure out, yeah, to, to learn through those things and share that learning, be transparent and be there. And, and, you know, if anything, just check on your people and see how they're doing and use that wait time <laughs> to see how they're really doing. Yes. Yeah. I have, um, I'll just, one little last note of that. You said check on each other. Um, it's a personal note. Just before we got on this um, uh, show today, um, I had uh, many texts from a group of girls who mm -hmm. I grew up with in a small town in Western Pennsylvania. And one of them said, oh, maybe it's time we miss each other so much. Maybe it's time we should do FaceTime or Zoom. So, of course, I wrote back and said, oh, let's do Zoom. I know how to use it. Exactly four minutes. <laughs> and so, yeah. It's, yeah. It's the it's time to do changing it. Many people who would not have thought of it previously. Absolutely. My five-year-old has a virtual play date with her best friend from daycare uh, at lunch today. So they're going to eat lunch together online. So yeah, um, it's a lot of fun. That's well, great. That's Alice, wonderful. thank you so much for joining us today. This is, this has been a great episode and I appreciate the, the connection to the very true reality of where we are right now with remote and online learning. Definitely wait time still has a place in it. I cannot wait for your next episode on um, assessments of, of this um, active participation engagement. in engagement in our, in our classrooms. We might even air that one sooner than we thought uh, because I know it's going to be connected to where we are right now as well. So thanks for joining us. Oh, it was my pleasure. I love talking with you. Our ideas just keep they do, um, yeah, they keep say building on each other, building on each other. Yeah, yeah. it's been a pleasure. All right. Well, audience, tune in, tune in next week for another episode of the Sydney Coach Replay Show.